Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junto's special one-shot movie review for M. Night Shyamalan's Glass. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I am a geek culture philosopher, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam J. Tedderus. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of anything. It's all right, J. man. We, we, we're coming off of a... This, this is a, a two-a-day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are here to talk about Glass, M. Night Shyamalan's most recent movie that just came out. If you're listening to this, maybe it's in theaters, maybe it's not. But for us, we saw it mm-hmm. um, a week or so ago. That's right. We saw a special screening, and we have not been able to talk about it, though the internet has been doing a lot of talking. Most definitely. So, internet, this is where we are going to do a spoiler review. No holds barred, nothing held back. We're going to talk about Unbreakable. We're going to talk about Split. We're going to talk about Glass. If you have not seen any or all of those movies, you have been warned. Yeah. Spoiler warning, spoiler walls going up. You are going to get spoiled. There's a lot to spoil in this trilogy of movies, in this final movie. And you know how it is. This is a Shyamalan, John. So... Going into this movie knowing what's going to happen, that's that's kind of all the fun, right? Finding out what the twist is. The man, he's twisty. He's a, he's a twisty dude. Twisted. So we, we don't want to... He's twisted. Yeah, We, we don't want to spoil that component for you. So only listen to this if you've seen the film. The spoiler wall is going up. Three, two, one. It's your fault. It is your fault, my friends. We saw a glass... The third film in a trilogy, a surprise trilogy, I might add. Um, one of the most surprising parts is we didn't even know that the second movie was part of a, was a, a sequel. A trilogy, yeah. yeah. Surprise. But now we do. So that part is is sort of taken away, that that ex- exciting discovery that we made at the end of Split is, uh, is a little bit different now. Uh, usually we talk about our gut feelings. We talk about the things that we loved, the things that we disloved. Mm-hmm. Disloved. Go with it. The hell is that? I, Stay there. <laughs> TM, TM, Go TM. Into it. Disloved. Uh, I dislove this. I dislove So this. much, and I demand that you create such a thing yeah. that I do love. That's right. And pay me back for the dislove <laughs> that I have experienced. That's right. Thus, writing the ship of my emotions mm-hmm. carry on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we give it a letter grade. And then and that's that. Uh, that's that's the run of show. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about our gut reaction going into this movie. I know that we were both excited to see this movie. Very. We've been talking about it for a long time. 19 years. And Yeah, 19 years. Mm-hmm. 19 years between Unbreakable and this. Yeah. Who damn? Uh, which is just funny to me in hindsight that uh, M. Night was like, you know what the people want? They want me to pick up that franchise from 19 years ago. Let's mm. do it. Uh, so gut reaction, Octavius, what were you thinking about while the movie was happening? What was your gut reaction after it ended? I'm going to stay with what with ended first. Okay. When it ended, my gut reaction was like, what? This is, this is it? Mm-hmm. This, wait, What? Uh huh. <laughs> hold, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Back up. What? Like that's that's. I was left with very much like, um. I felt like we had just read the wake. Almost. Oh, ooh. Yeah. For those in the know, it's a reference we use when we talk about something that did not stick the landing. Comic book uh, by um, Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder, and who was the artist? 
Uh, Man, I'm str- Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy. And it was a great comic book right up until the conclusion. Like literally the last two or three pages. Yeah, it just kind of fell apart right there at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel you. I almost wanted to turn around and look at the projector and say, is there more? Yeah. Is there, is there more in there? Is there something else? Help. Um, all right. Well, put yourself in the seat while you were watching the movie. During the movie. Mm-hmm. At what point in time did it occur to you that you had rendered your opinion on the film? Um, so I'm watching the first, like, let's say we break it into thirds. Sure. The first third of the movie, I was like, I am very interested in this. I'm very into it. I'm mm-hmm. very excited. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm in. And then the second, the second third, I was kind of like, all right. Now we're we're kind of getting into some of the the meat of the why mm-hmm. behind things and you know kind of digging into the, the like the real deep concepts of it but it's probably like the last third where the movie started going okay wait 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 where why are you no it's it's to the right why are you making a left mm-hmm. you know like when someone's driving you somewhere and they they don't make the turn that you expect them to make and you go wait where are you going Mm-hmm. You, oh, maybe you, and then you, because you trust them. Okay, maybe you know a different way, mm-hmm. you know. And then they they make another turn, and then they get on the highway, and you're yeah, like, wait, yeah, 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 yeah. We don't need to be on the highway at all, right? And then next thing you know, they're like, oh, I got to go to my grandma's house real quick, and you go, whoa, I did not sign up to do this. Sure, that's kind of the process for me. It was like, cool, I'm excited, man, interesting. Whoa, what are you doing? All right, I'll let you do it. Go ahead. Wait, you're not, what? Mm-hmm. And that's how I ended up with the, what is, what, what did you just do? Yeah. How did you, why, why did you do this? Yeah, I felt similar. Given that this is the third movie in a trilogy, I think my expectation is, well, this is the, the, the highest tension, the highest stakes. We're laying it all out on the table. Mm-hmm. This is it. We, we, you know, we have to have, Big action, big things happening, and then we're going to conclude it, hopefully, in a satisfying way. But what I think we got is an airplane that never left the tarmac. It's just, you know, you. I'm waiting for it to take off. I'm waiting for it to take off. I'm waiting for it. And the, you know, the wheels never left the ground. We, we never left. And then it was over, and I was thinking, that surely this cannot be everything. This right. couldn't have been everything right. because the stakes were so low. Mm. Everything was so little consequence in in my opinion. And the twists weren't exactly all that clever. I, it was just happening. It was very blasé. And it was cheap, man. It was cheap, cheap, cheap. Let's like get into some details. The whole thing took place in two places uh, i i felt that the beginning of the movie i had high hopes i thought maybe this is going to be great and they were building it up in an interesting way david dunn and his son have sort of started their own like security service yeah that's interesting and then david dunn and his son kind of have a batman and oracle that's right relationship yeah also yeah. interesting by the way and maybe my favorite aspect of the entire movie is the casting the kid who plays David Dunn's son in this movie mm-hmm. is the exact same actor who played his son in Unbreakable. Yes. That was a cool thing to see. How about that? Yeah. That's very interesting. It's definitely like, a wow, this is kind of nostalgic. And what that also does is in that moment, it goes, ooh, I wonder what he's going to do with that. That's right. 
Let's keep watching. Let's keep watching. You know? And what we do with that is little, not really anything. Um, Bruce Willis was almost not even in this movie. Yeah. I could have been anybody, honestly, uh, because he didn't really do much of anything. And I was confused from the jump. You know, I, I like the idea of him being a vigilante and he's going around Philadelphia, mm -hmm. by the way. So Love you already that. got points, right? Love like that. you start with points. He's going around Philadelphia protecting people and, you know. The Tiptoe Man. Yeah. The, like, what's the other name? The, like they called him the, the Shadow or something like the, that? The Overseer. The Overseer. I think yeah. that's the actual name. The Overseer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, th I thought that was cool. But, you know, really... When this movie picks up, he goes to interact with James McAvoy's character, who, and then who killed who killed it in this movie. As far as like, well, let's playing, talk about that playing those different characters. Well, I want I want to lay down some of like the the ground of what actually happened because sure. there are some people yeah plotted out who are listening to this movie, listening to this review, and haven't seen the movie. Shame on you. There Go ahead and like plot it out, Octavius. How does it play out? So we see, um, you know, David Dunn. Security guard, you know, now he has a security company, mm -hmm. yada, yada. Cool. He does walks, you mm -hmm. know. He goes out and patrols. Very superhero-ish. Mm -hmm. Batman standing up there with gargoyles. But a kind of a real-world version. Like, what would really happen? Sure. Who's going to be up on City Hall? You know what I mean? Like, it's slippery, it's wet, it's cold. You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. Like, Up on the top of William Penn's hat. Yeah, you're grappling. I can't see shit from up here. <laughs> you can't see nothing. The wind is blowing. Yeah. You're not doing all you that. You witness a crime, it takes you 30 minutes to get back down. You got to climb down. Come on. Yeah, you're not doing all that. You're probably walking around. Mm -hmm. And just, especially we know that David Dunn's... Like, he has this ability kind of almost this spider sense kind of thing. When he touches people, things kind of... He gets this sense of what's going on. It's a little vague. You know, the way that they show you, it's almost as though he can see people's actions. Yeah. Um, but I, I think what it is meant to imply is he knows whether or not they have committed some evil. Yeah, he get, he said, he, expla he explains it as kind of like a sense or a vision. Yeah. You know, which I appreciate. Again, I appreciate M. Night kind of going, yeah, you know what I'm doing, but I'm not going to go... I literally have a movie and I can literally see. It's kind of like, yeah, mm -hmm. if I was a human being, if it really, if it was really me, mm -hmm. it would be something where I would kind of go, man, I really don't feel good about this. Mm -hmm. And I kind of have to give myself over to it. Mm -hmm. I kind of got to believe in it. Yeah. More than I'm 100% sure I'm totally positive. Yeah, he has to lean into his intuition, and he's pretty much never wrong. But it's also something that could be debatable. Sure. You know, like, are you really, are you sure? Are you, I like that. Because yeah. it's kind of, it kind of makes it more like, maybe that could be me. Mm -hmm. So, doing his walkabout type thing, he we see Kevin Wendell Crumb. Hedwig, mm -hmm. you know, we find out that he's picked up the like the horde has got these three cheerleaders again, very comic booky. You know, it's your boy James McAvoy, aka Patricia, aka Dennis, aka Hedwig, aka Barry, you know it, aka Heinrich, aka Norma. It's like 24 different personalities, aka the beast, the beast, and then I climb a wall, yeah. So he's got them in there, and he's doing his Hedwig thing, and James McAvoy is, you know, doing his deal. So in that, the movie's setting up this thing where you're like, oh, man, there's going to be this confrontation. But then when the confrontation 
happens in the first couple of minutes, you're like, oh, that, I didn't expect that. I thought we were going to build up to that. That's right. But that happens very quickly. Very quickly. You know, he goes in there, find, he bumps into Hedwig, sees he's got red clay on him. You know, the oracle is in his ear. This is where it is. He goes and puts the trench coat on, which is like his cowl, his cape, like cool, cool stuff. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, he wears a rain poncho, which makes sense because his kryptonite is water. That's right. It's clever. <laughs> Cle- but I mean, like, what I'm saying is, I'm trying to point out all these clever things because okay. I'm going somewhere. Yes, yes, yes. This is clever, subtle stuff yeah. that. M. Night has been laying the foundation for. He wears green. You know what I mean? Like, that's his color. It's little stuff. That's mm-hmm. like, he's not going, he's wearing a cape. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a cowl. He's just like Batman. Yeah. Spider senses. He's not doing that. It's yeah. like, if you know, you know. If you don't know, whatever, you can still enjoy it. Sure. He has the confrontation, this standoff, it's this physical fight, you know, with the horde and all that kind of stuff. And he let, lets the girls go free and they have this, tussle which is weird camera angles but whatever i'll let the it ride choreo is not working for me we don't really see much it's just like you the know beast mostly just does like, his moves extreme hugs. hugs yeah, yeah. it's like i love you <laughs> yeah receive my love yes, this is basically his move <laughs> yeah and then they go out the window raining outside yeah. cool uh-huh. but in that moment it's like whoa rain mm-hmm. david does not feeling that mm-hmm. but who are all these people outside? That's right. Where all these cops come from? And then the lights come on. And then the beast hits the ground. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, this woman is speaking to David Dunn. Hey, we, you know, you might be able to get out of here, but you're going to hurt a lot of people. And you, it would be, it's assumed that because it's raining so hard, maybe it'd be tougher for David Dunn to kind of like get busy in the rain. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they get taken, they go to this place. And they have these special places they're set up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all this super pressurized water. What is it called? Ravencroft Hospital. Something. I was it, try- it, this is the, this is apparently Philadelphia has an Arkham. Uh, they, and that's what this is. This is right. Arkham. Right. Yeah. Super pressurized water area for David Dunn. That's right. For the Horde. They've got this place with these lights, and I don't know why the light... Did we know about the light before? They, they explained something very quickly. I don't think they they mentioned this in Split or anything like that, but they explained something very quickly. The lights are programmed in such a way that they disorient the uh, uh, the subject. And disorienting uh, um, this, this character, Kevin, will make it so his brain scrambles really quickly mm-hmm. and he swaps personalities. Right. So if there's a dangerous personality, then we use the light and then the personality gets swapped out for somebody mm-hmm. else. Now, at that point, I'm kind of just going, okay, mm. cool, fine. Let's roll with it. Let's Keep go. Going. Keep going. You know, we see Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass is sedated by these drugs. All right. Cool. And apparently he's been in the hospital for 19 years? Something like that. Like since the events of Unbreakable. Yeah. 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 So that's the scene. I'm like, okay, so here's where the movie's going to take place. It's Mm going to take place here. Mm -hmm. Fine. Cool. And then we just spend a lot of time kind of saying the same thing over and over again. Over and over again. Hey, you think you have superpowers. I think you suffer from this mental disorder where people think they have superpowers. I think that you guys are mistaken. Mm-hmm. I disagree. Hey, you guys have this. 
Well, I, I disagree. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of keep saying that in a circle. And I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. what's the point? All to be culminated by some big fight that happens. Where, the, where the they end, fight? Where do they fight? Outside of the institution. Uh-huh. We find out that Mr. Glass has been faking it this entire time. Uh-huh. He's been taking medicine that allows him to take, like, switch the medicine out, reconfigure the laser. And they, the, I guess the idea is she's at this time saying, either you. I convince you you don't have superpowers or we have some sort of laser thing that we shoot in your some red laser we shoot in your head that makes you forget yeah like you but you're still your yourself unclear which is not explained unclear not clear at all yeah and we start getting this super exposition about superheroes and it's like a comic book and it's an origin story and it's a special edition and (laughs) the hero and the villain and it's like wait 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 what happened to all the subtle nuance Mm -hmm. and the subtle it's like a rain poncho and a cape and maybe it could be a possibly it just turned into let me just explain everything heavy handedly and over the top Mm -hmm. Let's have some fight, and then somehow the woman can get Kevin to be come out into the light. It just it just kind of spins out of control at the end, mm-hmm. and Hydra. Yeah, basically hail Hydra. Uh, it, it turns so that's out that, basically what happened. So yeah. we kind of get an idea. I, I'm not gonna go through the whole movie, but that's the general gist of like what takes place. And just to, to fill in the blanks a little bit, color it in just a little, uh, uh, Glass, Elijah Glass, his whole thing is that comic books are our mythology mm-hmm. and they're telling real stories about real people. people right. And uh, superheroes exist. Sure. And so the way that he's going to do this is prove to everyone the superheroes and villains and powered people exist is by following the tropes and conventions of a comic book uh-huh. and let those all happen. So meanwhile, over in Philadelphia, they build a brand new building, the Osaka building. Mm-hmm. And he needs to take... The, the Beast, and the Beast is going to go have a showdown with the Overseer, and it'll be bad guy versus good guy on the world stage and at you the have Osaka building, where all the news cameras are and yeah. all the people are, and you're going to witness it, and then you are going to know that we're out here existing. Mm-hmm. But the way that this is is conveyed, like you said, is very expository. The way that M. Night Shyamalan writes about comic books is crazy. He writes about comic books like he's never read a comic book. Which I know or like is... He's read, like he's read one comic book. Yeah, yeah. It's like a college student who took one class in ph- uh, philosophy and is just like spouting the jargon with no meaning, with no understanding. If Into the Spider-Verse is a movie that completely understands the medium and shows us mm-hmm. that it understands that. More so than tells us. Yeah. This is complete opposite. I can't tell you, and I mean this, I actually can't tell you how many times they said the word comic book. Right. And how many times they said superhero. They just kept saying it over and over again. Like, to remind us that's what we're talking about. It got to the point where it was weirdly condescending. Like, mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. I know what this is. Yeah. Stop. And y'all, what is a special edition? I don't even know what that what this limited isn't, edition. This isn't, this isn't a special edition. It's an origin story, and I was kind of like, 
What does that mean? I read comic books all the time. And you didn't create a situation where that meant something to me. No. You didn't teach me what that meant in the context of your story. You just said it like I was supposed to know what it meant already. And ultimately the conclusion of glass is glass is not a mistake. Mm -hmm. His job is to be the catalyst that creates superheroes. Mm -hmm. That's his purpose. Mm -hmm. And we find out that on that same train, what, 177, 177, that everyone died except David Dunn. That's right. On that train was Kevin Wendell Crumb's father. That's right. Who was going to see someone about his son having dissociative identity disorder. Mm -hmm. And because Mr. Glass destroyed that train, he killed his father, Mm -hmm. which created the void in his life, which created the situation where Kevin Wendell Crumb's mother didn't have him around. So the idea is she went bad and Mm -hmm. she became bad to him. And now we learn that the purpose of the beast is to protect Kevin, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting concept. It's, it's interesting. Like that is interesting. It's like, okay, this, this character comes out of, pain Mm -hmm. that is an origin story but i've actually never seen that angle before which is like okay cool like so in his mind he's an avenging angel like the beast is not a bad guy to him he's Mm. just like i'm here to protect the weak yeah i'm here to protect the people who've been beat up like kevin Mm -hmm. like we're protecting him you know but instead of m night going that's what the story is about it's about everything it's about everything and it's, none of it gets used in any meaningful way. It's 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 as substantial as someone saying, "Oh, what if, you know, what, what, what if the beast was a, actually a good guy?" Right. And then just drops that, and then never picks it up again. Right. And then the the woman who was the the person who the final girl from Split, she, Casey is her name. K- Casey yeah. is she can just walk up and make make. Kevin come into the light. Mind-boggling decision to me. Which I don't even understand what that meant. Because Casey was the victim of Split, one of the victims of Split. And at the end of Split, you know, they show that they have experienced some trauma that brings them cutting or something like that. Yeah, and so they sort of understand each other in some way. But, oh, man, oh, man, I did not understand the relationship dynamic between Casey and Kevin. I didn't get it. I have so many questions about this movie, and it starts with the assumption that there was supposed to be a bigger action sequence, maybe, but they just, maybe the, the budget ran out or time ran out or something, so they never do it. So the all of the fighting is in a small parking lot outside of a hospital. No big set pieces, no anything. I thought maybe this is a subversion of the genre, mm-hmm. you know, like... Action movies or action movies and comic book movies don't need to be synonymous. Mm-hmm. It's not like every comic book movie needs to be this big MCU CGI. The moon is being hurled at Iron Man. It doesn't need to be like that. But that was when I was giving it credit, and I don't know if that credit is deserved. I'm just curious, like what the hell happened here? 
Can we just jump to the part where David Dunn, the character David Dunn, dies? In a Philadelphia pothole. In a pothole. He was drowned in a shallow pothole. And I'm just thinking, oh, the potential for this film, that it died in a pothole. And I'm going to tell you, so if... That's crazy! That, is, that it's nuts. And it's not even so much that... I'm not even mad that David Dunn died. I'm mad that David Dunn died, but I'm not really. Mm-hmm. It's that you didn't make it mean anything. Meant nothing. It's just like, okay, if you kill him, make it mean something. You had the supporting characters there in the parking lot as well. You had Casey. You had David and Dunn's we son. Talk, if, if whoever's doing Mahershala's makeup is doing the best makeup, <laughs> whoever did Mr. Glass's mother's makeup is doing... I don't know what's going on. There. Yikes! That looked like clay. Yeah, just like by the way, she on her face. The actress is younger than uh, uh, Sam. Sam, yeah, she, she's not good. Why did the man? Uh, just confused. Just, just confused. She was wearing cotton candy on her head. <laughs> she looked wild. She looked nuts. Um, so, look, they, let's list the twists and whether or not they worked in any way. Uh, twist number one, the train uh, uh, crash that was engineered by Glass also killed the Beast's father. Interesting. Interesting. I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I did kind of have a, oh, mm-hmm. that's what happened. And mm-hmm. it was like, all right, next. And I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. That's, that's mm-hmm. it. Sure. That's, that's what we did. It, make that matter to me. Yeah. He's like, and then you hear Glass, don't tell him yet. And then it was like, you just act like it didn't happen. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. They just keep going. They just keep going. Like, we're on our way to finish this movie. No time to dawdle. We can't stay on that point. Uh, what's twist number two? Uh, twist number two is the evil organization. Which, I, which, <laughs> which... You didn't earn that. No. This was, as far as I know, and I haven't seen Unbreakable in some years. I watched Unbreakable before, the night before. Did they mention anything like that? Not that I'm aware of. Certainly not in Split. No. So this evil organization, they they all have tattoos that are pretty easily seen. Three-leaf clover. Three-leaf clover. And uh, this organization is on a mission to maintain balance on Earth and to make sure that they identify any superheroes or villains or powered people and make sure that they don't upset the balance. Basically, like, get rid of them. And the the task that Dr. Staple is chasing after is convince them that you, they you, don't first, actually exist. Did you exist. peep her name? Dr. Ellie Staple. Staple? Yeah. Like the middle of a comic book? Yeah. Staple. Just holding the thing together. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just juvenile, right? Like, it's just, it's just juvenile. There were there were shout outs to Marvel. There was a shout out to DC. Um, you know, there are these things that are just so on their face. And the thing that I think is particularly galling is the fact that M. Night Shyamalan is basically explaining these things, hitting you over the head with comic book stuff. And at the same, as though you don't know what a comic book is or as how a comic works. Just, as though we didn't just watch your other two movies. Sure. As though. If I am here watching Glass, mm-hmm. I need you to explain comic books to me. Yeah. Even if I don't know what a comic book is. Yeah. I have watched your other two movies. Yeah. I understand what you're... 
Bro, and it's, I get it. And it's, I get it's what you're doing. This is 2019. And so when Unbreakable came out, you know, this is the Unbreakable came out and it was before Iron Man. It was before the MCU. It was before superhero movies arguably, had taken over. Arguably as one a of the genre. best. One of the, like, in my opinion, I think Unbreakable is one of the best superhero movies. It's very good because of all of the clever nuanced things that he does yeah. where he doesn't tell. I mean, I'm going to just get into my biggest beef with this movie. Well, the point, if, if I may, the point that I want to make is M. Night Shyamalan explains comic books to us as though we don't exist in 2019 surrounded by this stuff all the time. Right. And yet... He still somehow expects us to remember all the shit that happened in his movie that came 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's backwards, man. But like, I, I don't remember all that stuff. It came out 19 years ago before all of this. I don't live in some bubble universe where the only comic book movie I know about is yours. What is a limited edition? <laughs> is that a variant? Because they're not different. I don't know. What's your beef? My biggest, con- my biggest issue with with glass is it was not as clever mm-hmm. as the other two movies. Yeah. Like it was so blunt mm-hmm. and it was like a bad issue of a comic book. Yeah. Now we all series have bad issues. They might even have bad arcs, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of people like the, the war of jokes and riddles, not everybody's favorite in the mm. Batman run sure. from Tom King. But the overall Tom King Batman run is great. Yeah. You know? But you can look at that part and kind of go, ah. And every book has its... I mean, even if we stay with the Tom King, you got the Kite Man issues. Mm-hmm. But even the Kite Man issues, it's a it's a complete thought. Beginning, mm-hmm. middle, and end. You yeah. know? And Tom King will weave that back in and kind of go, oh, that's the story of Kite Man. You know? Okay, cool. But with this movie, it's kind of like all of the nuance... All of the cleverness, all of the the subtlety that you came with the other two movies go out the window. Yes. And you just start over-explaining things and, and start very heavy-handedly saying what you're saying to me, mm-hmm. and you're not earning it. Mm-hmm. And for you to, to end this whole thing by going, yeah, the bottom line is there's this organization that wants to keep the balance and... That's that's what it is, and then they killed them. Mm-hmm. But the twist is Elijah set up cameras. He knew the whole time, and, and so he's a he, mastermind. He hacked the computer up to upload to YouTube, and now everybody's got this video, and they're all gonna see it. And let me tell you why and, that's a problem to begin with, anyway. Because apparently, as established in the beginning of the movie, there were already websites dedicated to sightings of the overseer, a superhero. So we were already debunking this, man. We were already working on tracing the existence of superheroes. So it's like you already you undercut your own point because there were people already working on it. Just regular dudes in Philadelphia. And the truth of the matter is if you watch that video, I don't know that that video is going to show me something that goes, they do exist. We live in a time of fake news. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if like, you, see, yeah. you see a guy lift up a car, you might go, man, that guy must do CrossFit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. see a dude running across a, a parking lot doing a full animal gallop, you might be like, oh, I mean, on, that dude on something. He's on meth. You know what I mean? If you see a guy <laughs> bend a bar, you might think that that's just like, you know, check out this video of this crazy fight, you know? Yeah. But I don't know that 
that is going to that that brings home what you're telling me is going to happen. I just don't believe that what you're saying is happening is happening. Yeah, you know. And what is Mr. Glass's special power? That he's really smart. Apparently, he's very smart. Apparently, and he's not even a villain so much as a person who has a perspective. It's just like what, what I wish they would have focused on is what it sound, seemed like they were going to focus on, which is like getting into the psychology of these people That's right. who think they're superheroes yeah. and what that really means mm-hmm. and what that has to say. I, I guess it's kind of biased because it's a very comic book junto way of looking at it, mm-hmm. which is like talking about the psychology of what does it mean to believe you're a mastermind? Mm-hmm. What's your brain got to be like? Sure. You know what I'm saying? When we start getting into, do you really have a superpower, Kevin, or are you just have dissociative identity disorder? Mm-hmm. That was very interesting. Mm-hmm. David Dunn, do you really have superpowers are you just the guy who's really strong? And they, they play with that you know? in Unbreakable. David Dunn's son pulls a gun on him. Yes. Say that three times fast. David Dunn's son, gun. And he pulls a gun on him, and there's this tension. You can feel it. The right. viewer feels it. Like, right. oh, shit. Is he actually super strong? Right. And, Is he, he, and he doesn't actually answer. No. They let it linger, and that's effective. He never gets shot. That's effective, because you wonder what might have happened. And in this one, nope. Right out the freaking window. They don't even bother with it. They just dispense with that that option for attention. Like, what is? What if, in fact, they're not special? Yeah, because know. that because because that point was probably the most interesting point of the movie. And they kind of go, whatever, Hydra. You know what I mean? League of Shadows, and uh, they win, mm-hmm. but they don't win because th- it was just like, man, I-, I was very disappointed. I was disappointed by the way it ended. I know there's some people who really like it, mm-hmm. and the people who like it, and I, I feel bad making this comparison, but <laughs> this reminds me of Matrix Revolutions. Hey, okay, it does yeah. because I can see this. The Matrix is unbreakable. You could have stopped right there. Mm-hmm. We thought you stopped. Mm-hmm. Great movie stands the test of time. Matrix Reloaded is really good because of the expectation of what it says for the next movie. That's right. Split was great. You could have stopped. You didn't need to show me David Dunn. But when you showed me David Dunn, I was like, oh. But then Matrix Revolutions comes, and you go, what? What? Mm-hmm. You just ruined the whole trilogy. Yeah. Like, what is, I, now, I don't even know what any of that stuff meant. Yeah. And I think similarly, the only people who love Matrix Revolutions and love the whole culmination are people who are creating meaning for the end. I remember being like, tell me what happened at the end of the Matrix Revolutions. And people are making up their interpretation of what happened. And I'm like, the movie didn't tell me that. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that. And it's the same thing that's happening with Glass. People are, well, what he meant and what he was trying to say. And I was like, but the movie didn't tell me that. Mm -hmm. M. Night Shyamalan did not tell me that. He told me that this was all... So basically, this whole Shyamaverse Mm -hmm. is about... The League of Shadows. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. I guess. But it ends on this hopeful note, like the movie is about heroes are, are out there. And maybe if you see that viral video and like and subscribe, uh, thank you for your five stars and, and positive comment on my viral superhero video, then maybe you will identify that you have powers too. It was almost like anyone can wear the mask. 
Yeah, except but lazy and, not, and it not, it, he. But the thing is, out of all the things that it could have been, he did not. Cl- he, as as heavy handed and over explaining as he was being with comic books, he was not heavy handed with the conclusion of the trilogy. Yeah, it was like, what do you think happened? Yeah, you told you explained to me what 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 a superhero and a supervillain and, and then, but you didn't explain to me the Clover Clan, like. Yeah. Where did they come from? Where are they? How how do they fit into like are they are they supervillains themselves? Because if you say these comic books explain things that are really going on in the real world, so what comic book all of that stuff is open ended. Mm-hmm. So the only people who have solutions are people who are making them up. I was thinking, you know, as I was watching the movie, there are certain things that I did enjoy. I, I kind of like some of the set design and some of the color design, you know, the way that they play with colors. I, that's a Shyamalan thing, you know. He, mm-hmm. he plays with some of these signifying colors and, and, and themes. And there's, there's parts of it that I liked looking at. Um, there are parts like the choreography and stuff. The fights are boring. This, it, yes. the, you know, that stuff was just boring to see. Um, shout out to our comic shop, Brave New Worlds. Yep. They were looking great. Same dude from the original movie was in that one. Yeah, laughing my ass off about the fact that they they put that dude in Brave New Worlds, which I think is a comic shop known for you know the, the folks working there being kind and gentle and wonderful. Yes. And they put this ass hat in there and he's like what are you some kind of hello kitty pervert I'm like oh come on. that's another thing too like have we not gotten past that comic book vibe that you've got to be the comic book guy i guess um ontario street comics also another mm-hmm. philly shop mm-hmm. looking good in the movie um there's some things to love like i said it's a philly movie so it's already got points on the board so i want to talk about at least for me there's one last thing on my mind the thing that is left to praise if I'm trying to pick this movie apart and find something worth praising, the thing that is left is the performance by James McAvoy. Correct. But I no longer agree with that. Because I'm no longer... This movie did such a job of upending itself and really just insisting upon itself being smarter or more interesting. This movie did such a job and failed so greatly in my mind that I no longer think that James McAvoy's performance was interesting. I no longer think that that character really exists because I didn't really believe the world in this movie at all, right? I just didn't believe the world. The stakes weren't made real enough. I didn't believe that any of the hospital workers were real characters because they were so inept. I didn't believe that David Dunn actually wanted to get out of his circumstances because he could have easily said, "Uh, no, I don't think I'm a superhero. Or if he wanted to prove that he was, he could have just bent steel. You know, like he had options. He had demonstrable options. And they right? didn't but or they or they could have made a movie where similar to a la, you know, Sam Raimi Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you're not Spider-Man, you don't have your powers if you don't believe you have your powers. Sure. So they could have done that, but they didn't do that. So the the movie in so many different actions had undone itself and made itself yeah. not very believable to me, yeah. which meant takes you out of it. The character that I liked in Split, because I thought McAvoy is doing an amazing job fluidly moving from one character to another. Mm-hmm. Well, it ruined itself for me because suddenly this character isn't a guy who is dissociative and he can turn super strong and violent and aggressive and scary. Suddenly his power is, this guy's a really good actor? And that's all I saw. I only saw James McAvoy acting. 
because I didn't believe the character, because I didn't believe the environment, because I didn't believe any of it. And so what I found myself dealing with is, is he doing a good job uh, acting as a character, or is he just good technically as an actor? Well, I think, and I think there's a line between those things. I think James McAvoy did a fantastic job playing the many faces of the Horde. I think that that is the best part of this movie. Mm. And unfortunately, what happens in geek culture, which is a thing I wonder about, you know, I wonder about uh, M. Night in his perspective mm. and like how, how involved I, I'm not trying to question his geek card. I'm just talking about this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the thing about us as geeks is we go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, if that's true, this is how we are. If that's true, then I go all the way back and go, well, all of this stuff, ch- it changes all of this. Mm-hmm. You can't, it's like, there's this thing in the Bible called hermeneutics. Mm-hmm. It's basically saying that the Bible agrees with itself. It doesn't disagree with itself. Uh-huh. Because if the Bible says something here, then it means it does. you can look at it anywhere else and it's going to agree with itself. So if someone says, oh, the Bible says this, it's like, well, you're going to have to show me in the Bible where it says it again and again and again and again. Because sure. if it doesn't say that, it probably doesn't say that. Sure. So similarly with this movie, it's like, well, if that's true, then your whole universe kind of becomes trash, mm-hmm. becomes corny. Yeah. You know? It, it retroactively spoils the movie. It's almost like it just pushes, I could see like a big wave that goes, boom, it just pushes all the way through 19 years and makes all of that stuff kind of go, oh, because mm-hmm. now I have information about what's actually going on, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. versus like, and, it, and again, Similar thing happens to The Matrix. It's like, I'm just going to act like The Matrix 1 is the only movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And similarly, I'm just going to act like Unbreakable and Split are the only two movies. This is, uh, to, to keep it in the nerd kingdom, this is this is the inclusion of midi-chlorians in Star Wars. Because you have like all the Star Wars movies, which are beloved, you know, mm-hmm. whether or not you agree with them, they are beloved. Right. And they mean something to people. And then you get the new movies, which introduce new ideas and new mechanics. And they're like, actually, the Force isn't a spirit between all things. They're little microbes and people's blood cells and people who have a lot of them. Then they, they are superheroes and they have better force than other people. And those are midi-chlorians. And if that's the rule and I need to apply the rule to the other movies, well, you, you're spoiling it. You you're spoiling it. Yeah. And that's that's how I felt like I still like Unbreakable. I still enjoyed Split, but this movie does a disservice to both of them mm-hmm. and tr- almost reaches backwards to scramble them and make them bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, wow. The most ambitious thing you did is destroy your own legacy. Wow. And you know what's interesting about this? I am still a very big M. Night Shyamalan fan. <laughs> so here's I, an, I am. Explain like, I, it. Because M. Night tries. Mm. He goes for it. Mm-hmm. And when a guy like, so like, this is kind of me stepping out more and be like being like an appreci- appreci- appreciating him. Mm-hmm. The thing about M. Night is M. Night's going to try. Mm-hmm. He's going to shoot a shot. He's going to shoot a shot. He's going to make six cents. He's going to shoot a shot. He's going to make signs. He's going to shoot a shot. He's going to make... The happening. The happening. And all of those are him going, I got an idea. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He's going to make Unbreakable. He's going to make Split. And then he's going to make Last Airbender. 
Oof. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. he, he's, he, he, then he's gonna, you know, the visit. Like, he's, is it, is it a visit? The visit. Is, yeah. So, like, the thing about him is he tries original stuff. Mm-hmm. When you go see a movie of his, you go expecting him to create a moment. And I will say, M. Night Shyamalan, internet, this is my, this is my origin story in a way. The or he played a huge role in me being how I am when it comes to movies and trailers and all the rest of that stuff. Okay, the blackout congregation is a result of M. Night Shyamalan. Okay, I was in high school, I was in Valley Forge Military Academy. I went out and seen Sixth Sense, not gonna spoil it, whatever. But I watched someone tell somebody who was about to go see the movie the end of the movie and i was like i never <laughs> want that to happen to me <laughs> that's yeah. that's the origin story that is the origin uh, story of the blackout congregation yeah, yeah. that's where it came from uh-huh. from m night Shyamalan because sure. someone spoiled that movie and every time he makes a movie i just go going you're gonna give me six cents sure and sometimes it's lady in the water yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. Some, sometimes it's so, because and that's and that's I why I appreciate about it. I understand. Uh, You're not gonna get Aquaman from him. I'm. I'm. And I'll, I'm no diss to Aquaman, but you know what I'm saying. Like I will. I will. I'll pay respect for that because I, I feel the same way. I have like a, an odd admiration, an odd affection for a person who keeps taking L's. And there was a time where well, it's they, not like, like he's like. The well, thing, the, the reason he's I like say a 50/50 that fifty fifty. The reason I say that, and like he's out here, he's making money, right? Like he's out here making money. This the uh, glass twenty million dollar budget. Blew it out of the water. Yes. Split, $9 million budget. Blew it out of the water. So he's out here and he's he's doing the work. The reason I say taking L's is there was a time when M. Night Shyamalan, just the name M. Night Shyamalan or the phrase Shyamalan twist, it's just a joke, you know? It's just used as a goof. And he still keeps coming. He's doing his thing. He's making his movies. He's putting out his ideas. In, in my world... My my world of references, it reminds me of a fictional character from a Kurt Vonnegut book. There's a character in several of Kurt Vonnegut's books, but I'm thinking specifically of uh, his presence in the book Slaughterhouse-Five. And the character is named Kilgore Trout. And what is said about Kilgore Trout, fictional character, Kilgore Trout is this guy with these crazy, awesome, excellent ideas and he writes science fiction books. Mm-hmm. The only problem is he's a terrible writer. And so he's got these amazing ideas, mm-hmm. but they're in these bad books. Yeah. So if you're a fan of Kilgore Trout, you got love for Kilgore Trout because he's putting these great things out there, but they also suck at the same time. And I feel like I have love for Kilgore Trout and I have love for M. Night Shyamalan. And I will continue seeing his movies. And I love that he puts my city on the map. Mm-hmm. And I like I'm all about this stuff. When are we getting that Osaka building? I want to see that skyline, huh? M night right is, next to that new Comcast too. M Night is like 50% of his movies are good. Mm-hmm. Sure, 50%. Like I'm, I'm looking on IMDB. I'm looking at give like, him a 60% rate of fresh. Six Sense, good. Unbreakable, good. Signs, good. The Village, I did not like that. All right. Lady in the Water, I remember liking it, but I haven't seen it in years. No. Let me just write that one for you. Uh-uh. The Happening, absolutely not. <laughs> one of the worst movies I've seen in The Last time. Airbender, I was like, what the hell are you doing? Unreal. After Earth, I was like, fam, I might just be done. Cypher Rage. I might be done with you. Yeah. Then, The Visit. Oh, okay. Wait, lest we forget, Devil. 
the movie about the haunted. I think he elevator. produced it. That I think he was a producer. He that's not he didn't direct that. Really? Or, yeah. Oh. And then we get the visit. I'm like, all right. They get split. He might be back. Glass. What are you doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's the thing for for M Night. Like every time he comes up, it's like this one could be really good. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh. Oh damn! You're right about the devil. I'm my bad. He he's the writer on Devil. Uh, yeah, he uh, he was the producer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, that's where we at. Uh, look, the 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 all encompassing statement that I can make about Glass is most of the movie happens in a small parking lot. Those are the stakes. All happens in a little parking. lot. But you lot. don't need to. I mean, like you don't need to have. I mean. You look at Unbreakable. Like, use his own work as an example. I, I get you, it. You don't have to. What do you got? His you got uh, Mr. Glasses. You got the 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 stadium. Mm-hmm. You got David Dunn's house. Mm-hmm. You've got Mr. Glasses' comic book shop. Also, M Night. That's it. You put yourself in the movie so you could reference the first movie. You say, "Hey, don't I know you? You're the guy who was at the stadiums 19 years ago." Turn my life around. Oh man, I used to hang out with some shady types. Let your father take a walk. <laughs> it's like, and apparently, you know, the place he does security for was the Philadelphia Zoo. And that's why he was in Split. That's right. Because he was helping out the 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 doctor with that's their right. security stuff. That's right. That's right. So, hey. whatever, man. Glass, if you've seen the other movies, Unbreakable and Split, and you want to finish it out, finish it out. Yeah. But just I know. I think you should finish it out. I I actually would like to see the movie again. To see if maybe like with getting it all out of my system and relaxing and calming down and just like taking some of the expectation out, I can watch it again and kind of go, okay, cool. I can respect this for what it maybe is. Maybe you can go back in and look at it more objectively. Yeah, because okay. right, right now I did go into it with expectations. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, man, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to explain this and that. And it's just like, dude, it was like a bad issue of a comic book, man. That's, mm-hmm. that's what it was like for me. Yeah. And yeah. It's unfortunate because it's the end. That's it. You know what I mean? In in this interview he just said he was like um people said, "Is this going to be like a branch out of new movies? Are we going to see more?" And he goes, "Well, I mean, it, to to me the story's over, you know, I want to let people think of like however they want to think of it." And I'm like, "Well, the way I think of it is you're not going to put out a tweet in 30th Street Station and just look around and expect the whole city of Philadelphia to just stop. Yeah. During Christmas time. Uh-uh. No, it, it ain't happening like that. Yeah, I mean, you're going to sit down in 30th Street Station and just look around? I don't even know what That's that not works. how the internet works? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, we, I'll tell you what. I wish that's how it worked. Because that meant if we upload, we go to 30th Street Station, we... We finna upload this we episode of CBJ. Yeah, we sit down on the on the bench waiting for the train. I'm about to upload it. Uh oh! Every person just got a notification that they just saw that the up, uh, episode of CBJ is live, and they're listening to it and they're they're impressed. They can't believe it. And I wish it worked like that, but don't look. It don't work like but that. But it does not. No, it's gonna be in the dregs of YouTube. No one's gonna see that. Letter grades. What we got? I give it a D. Whoa. I do. You haven't given out a D in a long time. I know. I know. I give it a D for a bunch of reasons. Uh, I think if if I give it a C, then I'm putting it in a pantheon of movies that were fine. But for me, it was bad. Uh, and I think part of the reason why I want to say, I, I wish I could elevate it. 
I wish I could elevate it. I, w- I wish I could say some of the cheesiness and the just like vibe of the movie was intentional, but I don't think that the movie itself was confident enough in in giving me that. So I can't trust that it was intentional. Yeah. I think it was just a bad movie. Straight up, bad movie. I give it a D. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm looking on my Letterboxd app right now, and I'm looking at some of the movies that I've seen throughout this past year. I mean, throughout the year so far. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, bro, I I don't want to give this movie a low grade. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like... I mean, I enjoyed Fire Fraud more than this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah. I'm honest, I just watched Reign of Superman. I enjoyed that more. Yeah. Escape yeah. Room actually had a better plot. And Escape Room was pretty ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I, but it was a beginning, middle, and end. Like, all right, I got it. I get it. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a fine movie. It's a C. It's like, this is cool. And that's what it sees. This is cool. Mm-hmm. Aquaman, this is cool. It's fine. You know? Reign of Superman, cool. But when I think of Glass, I just go, mm-hmm. what the hell was he doing? Mm-hmm. But because of my love for M. Night, I don't want to do that. But I it's like, I got to give it. Look, if you, I got to give you, it If you really D. love M. Night, you got to be honest with him, man. Yeah. You got to let him know. I got to give it a D. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Like, I want it to be better than it is. Yeah. Especially out of, like, respect and true honor for M. Night and Unbreakable. That's right. But it's like, this is not, this is not good. Mm-mm. No. No, it's not. And I'm trying to go, well, the one part was good. And I'm just like, the potent, it's like the potential is good. Like the story in my mind is good. But the thing you told me, mm-hmm. that's like me going, well, Matrix Revolutions was like a C. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not even even Matrix Revolutions looked really good. And there was a lot of really cool things happening in it. So you could say, well, visual effects. Sure. But you can't say that with this. Yeah. The greatest danger in this movie, Glass, was a sprinkler system installed in David Dunn's room. I mean And and a pothole. Know, the Philadelphia Electric Pico. Yeah, and Pico. <laughs> Is Pico, you know, the water bill. You know what? Let's let's just roll them down. The rogues gallery in the movie Glass. You got your man, Water Reservoir. You got your man, Pico. Pico. You got your man, Pothole. You got your man. Like the, who else was what is that? Just basically like you know. You know the, the things opposed the, to danger. The street. The street uh, like. Oh, you got your man flashy lights. Yeah, man. You got your man sprinkler system. And uh, what do you know about uh, a digitally rendered Osaka building? That thing, you could tell that drone was not real. (laughs) It was almost wriggling like you see the green (laughs) screen in the background. Yeah. Man, the Philadelphia potholes have taken out many a rim. Indeed they have. And many uh, like a shock absorption, absorption system. Yeah. But never would I ever think... Took out that the hero Philadelphia Philadelphia <laughs> would be taken out by a Philadelphia pothole. This movie will go down as as like I I really hope that our street service or street department sees this movie and be like, you see what potholes you see are doing? What, you see what's possible? Killed our Superman. He could have been there for us. <laughs> he could have saved us. Yeah, I mean he had Fixed a poncho on and everything. But unfortunately, in his utility belt, he didn't have a snorkel. Fix the streets. Why does he not have a snorkel on him? Great question. He and knows you, water is his and problem. Then, can you tell me why? He spent at, 19 years not learning how to swim. At, he couldn't learn how to swim. He couldn't take a class. And even that, 
even that, I'm sorry to go back into it, but the whole idea of that is he might only be susceptible because to that because he thinks he is. That's right. And that's the whole, you could have gone down that road to find out I'm actually not. Yeah. I actually don't have a problem. It's about how I think about things. That's right. That's and if right. I think this, then I'm that. And, and, and maybe in your world, your superpowers are dependent upon your, there's so much he could have done. Because you could have created a world where you could have created a world of superheroes. Literally, I think, therefore, I am. That's right. And you're constantly second guessing yourself if someone plants the idea, which is basically like Green Lantern, like Will. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh huh. And that's why I give it the grade that I do because I think with that material, something really great could have happened. So why didn't it? What something wrong happened and got us to where we? I want to believe that that wasn't really the story. That yeah. it was some other reason, time, money, circumstance. Yeah. But all I have is what he gave me. So mm-hmm. that's it, internet. That's our letter grades. Um, what do you guys got? Let us know at Octavius A. Newman, at Adam Tedderus, at Comic Book Junto. Let us know what your letter grade for glass is. We would like to know. Do you agree with us? Mm-hmm. What things, what perspective can you add? Can you share? Let us know. I unfortunately have to give it this letter grade. I'm sad about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I will probably be in line for the next thing M. Night makes because no I'm doubt. a fan. He's filming in Philadelphia right now, a television series yeah. for Apple TV. Oh! That's right. For Apple, eh? I don't know if it's a code name or what, but they call it Crumpet. And uh, it's, huh. fil- it's filming on my block. So they've like closed off my block uh, from time that's to time. That's why that's closed off. They were towing cars on my block so they could film that TV show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crashed a car in Rittenhouse. It's already got more action than Glass. It had a crashed car. Well, I mean, you know, he did, you know, like Kevin did lift a car like Superman. I suppose. Yeah. Man, everybody was just standing around watching him do it, though. <laughs> <laughs> With the ability of a bow. With the ability of a, a pretty good audition tape. That was his that was his like power set. He was he, he had For the weak. characters. Yeah. You could be the horde, man. You I got am characters. The Avenger. You got them all. You got Tony Baloney. Hey, yo, listen here. Watch this out, Way. Check this out. Listen. Um turn the lights off. Uh. Okay. If you turn the lights off, we can talk about this. Believe me. You got K- no Kingpin people. from the uh, uh, Daredevil TV show? Hey, yo. Uh, this, is same- <laughs> <laughs> this is the same guy. Yeah. I uh, just think we can have a conversation. <laughs> possible if we turn the lights off. We could discuss this and maybe something over over food and I can calm down. Maybe I could get a massage. All right, the horde. <laughs> let's, let's send it out. All right, that's it. That's the end of our episode. It's hot in here. We finna go. Let us know what y'all think. We love y'all. Until next time, peace. Watch out for them potholes.